Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In book 19, as St. Augustine is taking up and incorporating some of the key ideas from ancient philosophy into a Christian theological framework, one of the issues that he's going to consider, and it's a very complex issue, is our social nature as human beings. And you can translate these terms as social or political. Social is coming from Latin and political is coming from Greek, politikes, right? And both of these refer to our tendency as human beings to relate ourselves to other human beings, to exist not just simply as, to use Aristotle's metaphor, an isolated piece in a checkerboard or a chessboard, but rather as part of a whole matrix of relationships. And Augustine wants to make a point here about the complex nature of our social existence, which is we are in fact social creatures and we can't realize our fundamental good without taking that into consideration. But in this existence, in this world, on this side, you might say of the great divide separating us off from eternity, we can't fully realize that. And social life itself is beset with all sorts of problems and conundrums and oftentimes in trying to solve one of them, we actually make things worse. So he'll discuss this in terms of four circles. And you could think of these as wider and wider and wider concentric circles. And this is not a radically new idea. In fact, you see the Stoics talking about this very notion extending from the family all the way out to the world of human beings, taking all of us into consideration. There's a certain cosmopolitan involved, and then even talking about a commonwealth of human beings and gods, of the human and divine, of all rational creatures. So Augustine is working with a blueprint that's already there, but he's looking at this now in terms of the culture of his time and how we can place this into a Christian framework. So he tells us that human beings, whether we're talking about the city of man or the city of God, are indeed so social creatures. And he talks here about the wise. We might talk about philosophers in that sense, although a lot of philosophers are actually not quite quite that wise. And we can talk about the saints, meaning the holy people, the people that are in touch with and in communion with or connection with the divine. And he says that in the city of God, people will be social beings. So it's not as if heaven is going to be your own little place over there all by yourself. No, it would be a community that would be unlike the other communities that you've experienced in that it would be lacking discord, or rather you could say that it would totally enjoy concord, peace, harmony, however you want to frame it. In this life, however, we experience things very, very differently. We only get a foretaste of what it would be like to have everybody on the same 
same page without requiring everybody to be in lockstep with each other, you might say. And so we experience, as he's going to say, a lot of evils in social life. And this is what makes it so tragic for us as human beings. We have this innate desire. It's part of our very nature to want to be connected with other people. Even the misanthrope who says that they hate everybody else and can't stand, it's usually because they've been disappointed. It's usually because they've been hurt and they haven't processed it well. And all of us crave some sort of connection with others and larger and larger ways of organizing human society. And yet it's usually screwed up in one way or another. So Augustine is going to talk about four different circles here. And let's talk about very briefly what they are. And then we'll look at each one of them. We have as the smallest one, the family or the household. And this would also include friendships. Here we're talking about people that we definitely know, we're intimate with, we are connected with quite frequently through various chance. You don't choose who your parents are going to be, nor do you choose your cousins. And this is how many of us exist. In fact, most of us are still raised in one way or another in families. And even if we don't stay connected with our families, we often form little surrogate families. Augustine himself, by the way, tried doing that. If you read the confessions with some of his own friends. Then if we go further out, we have the city or the state, the political organization. And this might be something quite small in terms of a Greek city state or a city in Switzerland or something like that. Or it might be something fairly extensive like say the Roman Empire, you know, or the Persian Empire or the, the Chinese Empire, just to name several of the ones that were quite important at that time, or the Kingdom of Armenia, right? Buffer state between the Persian and Roman empires. And the city or state affords us much greater possibility of coordination. Uh, there's all sorts of other functions and tasks that can come to realize our human nature, but it's also subject to other problems. Then extending further out from that, we can talk about the entire human race or the world, as Augustine is going to say it. The third circle is that of the world, and it includes all human beings. Notice that Augustine, he might be willing to say that the city or state could be tied in with a particular ethnicity. That is only one of the levels. And as a matter of fact, most of the cities and states at that time were fairly multi-ethnic, including the Roman Empire. But the world definitely is so. It incorporates peoples of all different cultures and ways of life and ways of thinking. But that's going to lead to problems as well. And then we have an even further circle. That of, for the ancient pagans, the gods, or as Augustine is going to say within a Christian framework, the good angels. They would also be part of this massive commonwealth that we'd all be part of. So we go out from the, the circle of the family to the city or state, to the world of human beings, to incorporate the divine or divinely created at least, right? Because angels are not themselves divine. Why are there so many problems? Why 
doesn't this realization of our social nature automatically come about? Well, Augustine tells us. He gives us, I'll just go through a few of the examples. He says, who can enumerate all the great grievances with which human society abounds? Who can weigh them? Hear how one of the comic writers makes one of his characters express the common feelings of human beings. I am married. This is one misery. Children are born to me. They are additional cares. He says, what shall I say of the miseries of love, which Terence also recounts? Slights, suspicions, quarrels, war today, peace tomorrow. Is not human life full of such things. So within the household, we have disagreements. We have disappointments. We have conflicts. We can have exploitative relationships. We can have long-standing grudges and feuds running throughout an entire household from generation to generation. And Augustine also talks about the fact that our friends, you know, our family, we don't really choose that much. Although you can say that spouses certainly do choose each other, but their children don't choose each other, nor do they choose their parents. And when you choose a spouse, of course, you're choosing their family as well. And it may be tough to get along with them. But friends, at least, can't we just pick the right friends? Well, even in friendships, there are problems even between good people that arise and they can cause us to experience all sorts of miseries. Even worse, when we find a good friend, we're always worried that they're going to get sick or they're going to die on us or they're going to have to go somewhere else. So we don't actually have a true fulfillment of all the good of our social nature at the level of the family or household. Don't get me wrong. Augustine is not saying be a hermit, give up your family and friends. He's just saying in this life, you're not going to find your full happiness there. So some people might say, well, what about the city or the state? There's a greater level of organization. As Aristotle said to us in the politics, the family that's for living, the state that's for living well. Is that really the case? Well, there's a greater possibility of conflicts within the city or state with your fellow citizens. And Augustine brings up lawsuits. He also talks about the nature of the judge who has to engage in this inquiry and often has to put people to the torture to get the answers out of them. The fear of civil wars and indeed civil conflicts were not fully at peace, and sometimes we're at war with each other within the city or state. We have to worry about criminality. We have to worry about people telling our neighbors that we're horrible and, and we should be pushed off of our land or prosecuted or any of those sorts of things. What about though the world? What if we embrace a sort of cosmopolitanism? Augustine brings up the fact that within the larger world, once we leave the boundaries of our own city, our own group, our own tribe, we're faced with the problem of the confusion of languages. We can't always know what somebody else is saying. They are alien to us. Now, there's one way to try to handle this, which is let's just make everybody speak the same language and have the same way of life associated with that language. And he talks about, without calling it as such, imperialism, this putatively benevolent spread of one way of existing for human beings across many different peoples, forcing them all into one large commonwealth. This is in fact what Rome did, but Rome was only the latest in a succession of uh, peoples that had done that, sometimes more successfully, sometimes less successfully. It certainly didn't bring about peace, concord, and a lack of conflict between people, however. So we find within the world all sorts of possibilities for things going wrong. And 
Some of these could affect these smaller circles. Your city, your family could be devastated by a war that is being fought over conquest or who will be in charge or which language and way of life will dominate. So that won't even necessarily give you what you want. Finally, he talks about philosophers who wish to have the gods for our friends, which would include Plato, which would include Aristotle, which would include the Stoics. And he said they rank the friendship of the holy angels in the fourth circle of society, advancing from the three circles of society on earth to the entire universe, to the cosmos. And he says, embracing heaven itself. He says, well, we can rest secure that the good angels are not actually going to screw us over. But the problem is we don't really know them that well. We're not familiar with them as we are with human beings. So it's kind of tough to judge. And it's not even quite clear to us how we would connect up with them and have some sort of commerce with them. And he brings up then the fact that the fallen angels, the bad angels, again, remember this is within a Christian context, could be deceiving us, could be seducing us. And this is in fact what the early Christians took the Greek gods and the gods of other people to be, to be fallen angels. So, you know, when you think that you're involving yourself with Apollo or Zeus or whoever else it is, you're actually involving yourself with some others. So he he says that those people can be tempted or just deceived. There's great need of God's mercy to preserve us from making friends of demons in disguise while we fancy we have good angels for our friends. For the astuteness and deceitfulness of these wicked spirits is equaled by their hurtfulness. And he says, is this not a great misery of human life that we are involved in such ignorance as but for God's mercy makes us a prey to these beings, these demons. So he says, it's very certain that the philosophers of the godless city, the city of man, who have maintained that the gods were their friends, have fallen prey to the malignant demons who rule that city. So at each point, we've got a problem coming up. Now, this is important. We've got these four circles. We've got a sort of theory of how, in fact, our social nature can be realized. But we find that in this existence, it's not going to happen without some sort of divine aid. And it won't happen completely within this existence. So Augustine, once again, is making the point and making the argument in the city of God that our true good is not to be realized within the world, within our social nature as such, but only within that social nature placed into a larger theological context. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.